0: So in a few minutes, we're going to invite uh, the Winkleman family and the Samaric family and the Wright family forward. And a minister is uh, going to stand right here. It won't be me. It'll be Mark. And he's going to look at these families. He's going to look at these parents who are really excited and really tired. (laughs) Three families, five kids, one baptism, man. I'm just saying. You got a lot going on. And the minister is going to ask them a series of questions. And those questions are going to be questions like, do you believe in the triune God? Do you believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And these these parents are going to be prompted to say, we do. And then uh, the questions are going to come. uh, Do you promise to teach your children the ways of Christ? And these parents are going to say, with God's help, we will. And they're gonna join the multitude, they're gonna join the generations of families who have stood right in front of the chancel here and offered their children to a minister so that this water, this visible sign of an invisible reality of God's claim and love on their children can be made. And something's gonna happen A child is going to cry or pull a microphone, and we're going to be awakened to the holiness of this moment. And 14 years from now, maybe 13, depending on when your child was born, uh, your children are going to stand right here, like they will at 11 o'clock this morning. At our 11 o'clock worship service, 11 of these children will stand here. They're 13 or 14, and so they'll look sort of militant and nervous and uncomfortable, and they'll have a tie on that maybe is too big for their neck, and they'll be in shoes that they just got yesterday, and they're not really comfortable. And the minister will ask these 13- and 14-year-old young people the exact same question that Mark will ask of these parents at 9.30, and this time it is the children, the young people's turn to answer. But this time for themselves. This time to confirm the faith that their parents made on their behalf so many years ago. And it would be easy, my friends, To think that this morning is about um, a statement of faith, about uh, a particular belief that these these young people at 13 or 14 years old or these parents are saying, yes, this is what we believe. We proclaim this one thing right now and forever. But what if it's not about just belief? What if our young people are not saying, this is what I believe right now and for all time. But what if they are saying, I confirm. I confirm that I will follow Jesus Christ all of my days. I confirm and accept that I want to make a commitment to following the Jesus way my whole life. It seems to me Jesus spends a lot of time asking people to follow him and not a lot of time asking people to believe in him. If you look in all the gospels, uh, Jesus asked people to believe in him like three times. One of those times you'll see today at the football game, there will be a sign, John 3, 16. (laughs) Jesus asked people to follow him. Do you know how many times in the gospel? 22. 22 times Jesus asked people to follow him. And it seems in every one of those instances, uh, belief is not a prerequisite. Jesus doesn't say believe in me and then I'll show you the secret path. No. Jesus invites people to follow him from the beginning. I want us um to I want us to grab our pew bibles there's a bible it should be right underneath you and baptism families i know this might be a pain you know just follow along but other families if you can pull out the blue book it's the bible right in front of you we're going to turn um to the 21st chapter of the gospel of john i want to show you this in action and we're going to do something a little different in our sermon and we're going to do something a little different right now we're going to go line by line because there's some things that i want you to see and make sure we're all aware of This is what we need to know. Jesus has been crucified, he has died, he has been resurrected and he has come back and he's now with the disciples. He's come to them and they're eating uh, fish on a beach. They're having brunch. And this is what we need to remember. Peter, his dad was John. Uh, They were in the fishing business. For like three generations, they had a fishing boat, and the business grew a little bit. And so when uh, Jesus first calls Peter in the Gospels, uh, Peter literally has to walk away from the family business. And Jesus uh, has died, and he's gone back to the family business. And this is really important because uh, you're going to hear Jesus ask him a really important question. Listen uh, to this story, because I believe the story has uh, the ability and the power to change our lives and our world. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's uh, talking about the fish. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this old way of life? From Do you love me more than the security of the family business that you will inherit. Do you love me more than this giant catch of fish that you could sell at the market and make really good money on? And Jesus uses a particular term for the word love here. Simon, son of John, do you agape? That's the Greek. Do you agape me? Agape is a particular term for love. It means unconditional love. So Jesus says to Simon, son of John, do you Agape me, do you love me unconditionally? Do you even love me more than these? And Peter said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I feel you. Philio is a different term in the Greek for love. Philio means uh, I'm quite fond of you. Which is not the same thing as I love you unconditionally. Anyone ever had a conversation with a loved one or someone who said that they were in love with you and you said, I'm so glad you're in love with me. I really like you a lot too. Anybody want to raise their hand and tell us about it this morning? (laughs) Not fun, sort of awkward. Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, I'm really fond of you. And Jesus said To Peter, feed my lambs. What are lambs? What are lambs? Children, that's right. They're baby sheep. Pay attention to this. Because what Jesus invites Peter to do changes. Jesus says to Peter, feed my lambs. And a second time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I filio you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. We have gone from feeding children to tending adults or teenagers. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you filio me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you feel me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I feel you. And Jesus says, Feed my sheep. For very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, Follow me. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Did you hear it? Jesus literally says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter can't say it. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus meets Peter right where he is. And he says, Peter, if you can't love me unconditionally, like if you feel like that is not a way or a call or a life that you can live up to, I'm going to meet you where you are, and I'm going to walk alongside of you. Did you know how, did you notice how when Peter responds to Jesus, Lord, I don't Believe I can love you unconditionally. Jesus does not end the conversation, cut, bait, and run. That's pretty important. Jesus says, I'm going to walk alongside of you. Is that what it means to follow someone? That's what it means to follow someone. And so Jesus says, Peter, I'm going to even walk alongside of you in this moment, and we are going to start with feeding my lambs. Can you do that? Mm. Okay, not children. Can you feed my sheep? Oh, I'll meet you in your kind of love and what you are capable of. So tend my sheep, Peter. It seems to me that Jesus is far more interested in Peter following him. Then is Peter believing in him. And i got to tell you, if I'm Jesus, and let's just all be really clear about this, I'm thankful I'm not Jesus either. I know that you're thankful I'm not Jesus. But if I'm Jesus, I come back and I say to Peter, Peter, uh, remember that thing about you denying me three times? Thanks a lot for that, pal. Let's huddle up and have a conversation. That's what I would do. That's not what Jesus does. Thank God. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, Can you love me and peter says i don't know and he says okay can you love me enough where i can walk alongside of you see i think jesus is far more interested in following than he is in having people believe him this is why um, he says believe in me like three times in the bible he says follow me 22 times What does follow me look like? Uh, For Jesus, I think it means uh, for us to love God and to love one another. Uh, Jesus tells people to love in the gospel 57 times. Jesus uh, tells people to forgive one another. Anybody remember what he said about forgiveness? Uh, You are to forgive 70 times. Seven, very good. Seven of you knew that. And so that is 490 times. Now, if you're in a relationship this morning and you're like, you know what, we're at 475. When we get to 490, I'm gonna cut it. (laughs) That's probably not what Jesus meant. Jesus meant, I want you to forgive so many times that you lose track of how many times you've forgiven. Because apparently forgiveness is following Jesus. Jesus uh, withdraws and prays in the gospels 24 times. Jesus performs 34 miracles in the Gospels. And let's be abundantly clear about what a miracle was. It was typically healing someone of an infirmity or feeding someone. Jesus was concerned with people's well-being, both physically and spiritually. That's why Jesus uh, spends so, many time, uh, so, so much time telling stories. Jesus tells 40 parables throughout the Gospels. Parables are stories meant to highlight what Jesus' point actually is. Jesus didn't come and say, you know what, those Ten Commandments, I'm going to give you 40. Write these down, remember them, recite them, and then stand up here when you're 14 and spit them back to us. No, Jesus said, I'm going to give you 40 stories about life and what it means to be a person of faith, and I'm going to highlight what faithfulness looks like. 11 of those 40 parables, do you know what Jesus talks about? Money. I think... He talks about money more than he talks about anything else because I think he is interested and he knows that we are hardwired to put our allegiance somewhere beyond him. Jesus is saying this is what a life of faith can look like. So it seems to me that Jesus is more interested with us following him than believing in him. Jesus is interested in our lives taking on flesh to reveal Christ at work in the world. Yeah, that sounds good, Matthew, but what what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, I have a friend, uh, Larry James, and Larry is the uh, former CEO of City Square, right in downtown Dallas. Uh, Larry was just here a few weeks ago. I wish I could show you a picture of Larry. He looks like a Larry. Like, if you have an idea of what Larry looks like in your brain, go with it. Larry, before he was the CEO of City Square, was the pastor of a Church of Christ church in Richardson. 1985 hits. The AIDS epidemic hits Dallas, Texas. Doctors, uh, primary care physicians are beginning to diagnose the HIV AIDS crisis in Dallas for the first time. And one of Larry's good friends called him one day and said, "Uh, Larry, I have just diagnosed a young man in his late 20s. He is a student at Baylor School of Medicine. He's in their dentistry program. And he doesn't feel like he can go back to his faith tradition and actually have a conversation with them about his current situation. And so I'm calling today because I told him that I would ask you if you would meet with him. Larry said, absolutely, I'll meet with him. And so... The doctor said, I'm going to send Stephen over to visit with you. Stephen came over that afternoon for a visit. They didn't even do the niceties. Stephen sat down in the chair. He looked at Larry and he said, Larry, I got a quick question for you. Will you commit to getting to know me well enough so that when I die, you will feel comfortable enough to stand in the pulpit and to preside at my memorial, service?" Larry said, Stephen, I don't know you, but I am committed to spending every waking hour that you have left to get to know you. Stephen stood up, gave Larry a hug, and he walked out in tears. Larry will tell you, this was 1985. People didn't know how you exactly got AIDS. Larry says he went to his bathroom and he scrubbed his arms and his hands like he was scrubbing in for surgery. And the next week, Stephen showed up to meet with Larry in his office. And they met every single week for nine weeks in a row. And then on the tenth week, Larry got a phone call one evening. Stephen was in the final phases of his transition from this life to the next. And Larry went to his apartment and went into his bedroom. Stephen's breathing was very labored. And he prayed with Stephen and he hugged him. And the very next week, that church in Richardson Larry stood in the pulpit and officiated Stephen's funeral. Stephen was the first of many young people that that church hosted memorial services for in the years to come. Their board had to make a decision. Were we going to be the church that welcomed these people in? And are we going to stand with them and claim them as God's own as well? Those were interesting board meetings. People didn't always agree. But they showed up and they debated. And my friends, healthy debate is really good because it allows us to arrive at places that we could never arrive at on our own. And so a few years later, when the church had decided to open a preschool, someone at one of those board meetings said, I know that we've been doing these memorial services, but quick question, will we admit and welcome a student if that child has HIV AIDS? Someone said, I don't know, it's one thing to do a memorial service, it's another thing to welcome those children in among our children and among this preschool. What kind of reputation are we gonna have? They got back into a healthy debate. And they decided, yes, if a child has HIV AIDS, we will welcome them into our preschool. There was a family that wasn't comfortable with it. So they withdrew one child from the preschool, and the next week it opened. News uh, began to circulate about what this little church in Richardson was doing and what they had done with their preschool to welcome even children with HIV-AIDS. And so Jane Polly showed up. They set up a... a, a Set up the interview right here in the sanctuary, right in front of the choir loft. Jane Polly from the T- Today Show looked at Larry and said, Larry, you and what your congregation have done is remarkable, it's incredible that you would welcome these young people and do their memorial services. It's even more incredible what you've done for these children and he said, "Miss Polly, we're just doing the little bit that we can. And she said, no, Larry, you took a risk. I mean, you've welcomed children into your preschool. Larry said, Ms. Polly, I find it interesting that when a group of people who claim to believe in Jesus begin to actually act like him, that it becomes national news. Miss Polly, I find it interesting that when a group of people who believe in Jesus begin to actually act like him, that it becomes national news. Peter, do you agape me? Yes, Lord, you know I owe you. Feed my lambs. Peter, uh, do you agape me? Lord, you know that I filio you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you filio me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I filio you. Then feed my sheep. Friends, it would be so easy for us today to think that these baptismal families or these confirmands are the only ones who are making a profession (coughs) to follow in the way of Jesus. But they do not stand alone, for we stand with them. That is the invitation to us as well. And Jesus is far more interested and you following him than he is with anything else. Let us pray. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief that we might follow. We might follow you wherever you will lead us. But we pray in your holy name.